0: Father, I know, I know in a place this size, I know some are struggling to believe that love today, They to question it. Father, I pray that in the next few moments as Your Word is taught, that those questions and doubts would be removed and they, they would accept and rejoice in Your love. I, I thank You, Lord, for those today who are basking in that love, that are depending on that love, and, and know the strength of it. Lord, that they would find and it's the hope that, that enables them to be a help. God, we're so grateful for the way you're at work. We 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 see your provision in our church and, and we're grateful for that. We think about what you did through the gift of Christ and now what you're going to do, we pray for our partners in China that are now looking to plant a church. They've got a team there and they, they're also going to include nationals, those that live there in China from churches that are now going into those villages and we pray that church will be planted in Peace City and beyond. Lord, now, as we open your word together, would you bless us? And as we give of our tithes and offerings and submit these prayer requests, may we do it with faith and with hope, trusting in in your your goodness and power and provision. We ask you to do this now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would go ahead and be seated, us if you will, come on and collect the tithes and offerings and prayers of God's people as they do that let me remind you of what we're what we're doing this year we are focusing on good news glad you're here every sunday you're going to hear good news and i pray that this news will overwhelm all the rest of the news that at least you'll be able to see the rest of that news in light of the good news that it will be the lens through which you understand everything else that is happening in your life and in the world now today we are going to receive the lord's supper And so for those of you who are disciples of Jesus, I want to encourage you to even now begin to prepare your heart. I know there are many boys and girls who are here You are not yet disciples of Jesus, and that's okay. You're still learning. You're still growing. You're you're being exposed and taught the good news of Jesus. Uh, But this that we're going to receive in just a moment are for those who have made that profession of faith and have been baptized. But I want you to listen very closely to what we're going to say about Jesus, about his word, and about the the Lord's Supper in particular at the end of the message. And and after we we receive the Lord's Supper, we're going to to have just a bit of celebration. But I, I want to thank you again for being here, and I want to encourage you to really lean into what we're doing this month in particular because it's really launching us into everything else this year this month we're focusing on prayer. We're studying the life of Daniel. We're, we're seeking to make ourselves extremely aware of the fact that God is listening. Because of the good news that Jesus Christ has come to die and give us new life, because he's been raised, we can now come to the Father in the name of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. We can petition him. We can pray. And we can know that God is listening. But, friends, please, don't don't let prayer get complicated for you. Prayer is not a complicated thing.
1: You don't need to worry about whether you're saying it in your head or saying it out loud.
0: Listen, you, you talk. You talk to people. You talk to God. And, and the good news is, is if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, He's listening to you. As a father who loves his child is listening and providing. There's provision in that. Understand what prayer is. This is my definition. I've used this, and it, it gives me comfort. Prayer is communion and communication. It's communion. It's being in God's presence. It's communication. It's not just us talking, it's also God talking to us. So it's communion and communication between the children of God and their Heavenly Father by the power of the Spirit in the name of Jesus. It is a simple interaction that can release the power of God into the world. There are times when God chooses to limit His work according to the prayers of His people. Not always, but sometimes. Let me ask you, what would, what would happen in your world, what would be happening in your life if God chose only to work according to the prayers you submitted, would there be very much activity? Would there be change in the world in your marriage in, 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 in your in your in your situations in life? Or have you kind of put it on neutral? Have you just kind of put it on cruise control? Ah, God's gonna do what God's gonna do, and and if I get really in a pinch, I'll call on it No. This is not the life the life of a disciple is a life of prayer. And I want to encourage you this week beginning today to begin to participate in our church-wide focus. You'll find it on our website. You'll also find it on social media. Uh, You go to our website. Just click on the More tab and it will say Weekly Prayer Focus. I've already tweeted it this morning. Our staff will be and here's what I want to ask you to do. When you see it on on Twitter or, or Facebook share it share it and like it, and let's continue to, to every week put it out there, because every week there's going to be a different prayer focus for each day, a different text, a different a different thing that needs to be lifted up to God. And so as a church family this year, we're going to pray together six days a week, preparing us then on Sunday as we gather for worship and pray together. So it needs you to be participating in that. Look at your bulletin. There is a bookmark there, it is, a, it is a fasting bookmark. I lost mine, but I'll get another one. And, and what we're doing is we're going to begin to fast one day a month. So this week is our week. This Thursday, January of the 18th, the elders and I are asking you to fast and pray. And what we want you to do is to look at Ephesians 1.18 and meditate on that throughout the day and pray that into your life. Pray that into the lives of family and friends and in circumstances in which you are, asking God to intervene and to bless and to bring about His perfect will and making those supplications with, with specificity so that when that prayer is answered, you can give God praise and say, yes, Lord, this is an answer. So, so use this time, church family. Say, well, I don't know what to pray for. If you'll go to the weekly prayer focus, you will see there's plenty to be praying for. And these will give you tools for us to be able to pray. We're looking at the life of Daniel. We started last week in, in Daniel chapter six, just to look at his legacy. His legacy was a legacy uh, of a man who prayed. And today we want to we want to look at kind of how he did that. We're going to take uh, a different chapter each week uh, for the rest of this month and see how Daniel prayed in different circumstances and different emotional seasons of his life. This morning we're going to talk about the fact that Daniel had to pray. And, and he had confidence to know that God was listening in a season of hurt. Listen, this is a hurting time for a lot of people. It's been a hurting weekend in my own life. I don't mind telling you. On Friday, we laid to rest a 28-year-old young man. One of our elders, at the same time, was burying his mother. Found out that a young couple is no longer a part of our church, but I married them just a few years ago. They're getting divorced. Found out another couple struggling. He was depressed. They had made an appointment. They were going to be in the counseling center this week, and he took his own life this weekend. A man, one of our greeters this morning, passed out and hit his head. He and services had to come and get the Guys, there's a lot going on, and I know some of you are grieving loss. Some of you are going through changes and you're wondering, where's God in the middle of this? And here's what I want to tell you. He's listening. God is listening. And and here's the good news. He loves you. He proved it when He died for your sins. He loves you. and And He wants a relationship with you that's real and powerful. And what we see in Daniel is we see we see how to pray, how it is we can understand and look at the world and engage, because here's the thing, guys, we're exiles. This is good news, all right? For some of you, this is not good news because you're not a disciple of Jesus. But if you're a disciple of Jesus, you've heard me say this before, this is good news. This world is not your home. Amen? That's good news. This is as bad as it gets for us. If you're not a follower of Jesus, hear me. This is as good as it gets for you. But understand, this world we're in right now, the way it's going, this is not the way God designed it. I know it's so easy to, to get angry with God. I was talking to some young people this week. They're mad, upset at God. I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Understand, this is not what God's design was. God's, God's design was harmony and perfection. The reason why there's so much brokenness and death and pain is because sin entered the world. Sin. But here's the good news, guys. The gospel, Jesus has come. If we'll repent, stop trusting in ourselves, stop going our own way, doing our thing, and instead believe that Jesus is God, that he's come and died, has been raised, and follow him, become disciples of Jesus, forgiven by grace, we can now pursue and recover God's design. And a part of God's design is that we would pursue him in prayer and that we would find peace in the midst of it. We're exiles. We're just like the people that, that Peter wrote to in the first century church. We are exiles. Daniel was an exile writing to the first century church. Look what Peter said in First Peter chapter one, uh, one and two. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, in in Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. And the sanctification of the Spirit for the obedience uh, to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling with His blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Even though we're exiles, even though this world is not our home, even though this is not the way God intended it, we can still have grace and peace. We can have what we don't deserve, and we can have peace in any and every circumstance. And we will find that strengthened in prayer. And that's what we're going to learn today. We're going to learn the strength of prayer. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me to, to Daniel chapter 1. Understand, Daniel was in exile just like us. He was not at home. He was away from home. His uh, people, the Israelites, had committed treason against God, and they were, they were taken out of the, the promised land. Just like Adam and Eve for us, they, they broke the covenant of God. We're exiled from the garden. And so now we live in this broken world. Like like Daniel, we, we don't live in this broken world without hope. We have hope. God didn't abandon Daniel. Daniel was able to commune and communicate with God. And it gave great peace and it gave God great glory as we're going to see today. And, and what we can do is that we can, in the midst of our hurt, and maybe, maybe let me say it this way, church. Maybe especially in our hurt. We can live hopeful and we can be helpful. Because you know what? Sometimes people look at Christians and it's like, oh, they're a bunch of cheesy. They just don't ever go through anything. The only reason why they're smiling is because they don't have anything that ever goes wrong with them. Here's what we need to say. No, 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 no. We live in a broken world and in our pain and in the suffering, we still find the favor of God because of His grace and peace that we find We know this world's not our home. We're looking beyond it. We're looking to God in prayer and we're finding Him faithful. And this is what Daniel did. Again, let's go to Daniel chapter one. Julia's going to read for us, so Julia, come on up. Let's all stand together in honor of God's word. We're going to look at the whole chapter, but she's going to she's going to get to the connecting verse, the kind of crucial, central verse of of chapter one, which is found in verse eight. And so, Julia, if you would read that for us, sweet girl. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the eunuch to allow him not to defile himself. The Word of God. Thanks be to God. Well done, Julie. Go ahead and grab a seat. Now, that's kind of the central focus, but what I want you to see is that wasn't an answer to prayer. It's amazing to see people see God answer prayer. One of the things I love uh, about what's happening in southern Europe where Will Burnham, our missionary, is serving with all the refugees is he's dealing with people that are in exile. And they're panicked. And they're scared. And they don't know who to turn to. They don't know what to do. And many of them are coming in with sickness. Many of them are coming in with conflict. Look, just because they're refugees doesn't mean that real life doesn't happen. When we were there, we saw sickness. We saw people having conflict and all kinds of other problems and pain. And, and it was amazing, it is amazing to me, the way uh, Pastor Will, the way he ministered. I and when you go on mission there, you'll see the way we minister to, to those folks here. We pray, but we make a big deal about it. We say, look, we're praying in the name of Jesus. We're going to the Father in the power of the Spirit who's alive in us in the name of Jesus. And it's amazing how often those prayers are answered within a day or two. And they come back to the center and they say, I've been praying for that for weeks, for months, for years. Who is this Jesus that you prayed in the name of? In some instances, Jesus is showing up to them in dreams and in, in visions. And they're coming to saving faith because there's power in the name of Jesus. And we have this relationship with God through Jesus. And we can come to God, especially in hurt, especially in these trials, and especially when, when things are going in ways we didn't expect. And, and I pray today you'll see how that works in God's Word. Notice first, in Christ, we can hurt and pray through the brokenness. We don't need to be stuck in it. We need to keep moving. we got to, we got to pray through it and, and, and acknowledge it. Listen, guys, God doesn't want you to walk around with some cheesy smile on your face, acting like you're not hurting. It's okay to say, I'm hurting. I was so grateful this morning. One of our worship team leaders in the midst of worship had to just come off the stage, just had to come off and, and, and came, and, and, and we needed we just needed to pray together for just a while. I was like, this is why I love proving hope. Because it's not about putting a big cheesy smile on your face and acting like everything's fine. It's about acknowledging hurt when there's hurt and finding help because our God is good and finding that together. So Daniel was hurting. Why was he hurting? Because he was away. He was a young person. He was an adolescent, separated from his home, separated from what he knew. Look what it says, beginning in verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Joachim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Joachim, king of Judah, into his hand some of the vessels of the house of God, and he brought them to the land of Shinar to the house of his God and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Ashkenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility, used without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. And so this is Daniel. This is his friends. They've been taken out of their homes. They've been t- taken out of what they know, and they're being taught lies. They're being told, "No, no, no. Your God is not the God. Don't be silly. Don't mention your God. Here's we're gonna we're the smart people. Learn these stories. Learn these realities. This is how you need to see the world." The king assigned them a daily portion of food. Uh, of the food that the king ate and of the of the wine that he drank. And, hey, that lifestyle you've been living that is sanctified and set apart for God, you drink like we drink. You smoke what we You do what we do. Forget that old life where, where you were walking in obedience to your God. You start doing the way we like things to be done. Continuing on, they were educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and the... Of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave the name Daniel, he called Belshazzar. Hananiah, he called Shadrach. Methel, he called Mashiach. And Azariah, he called Abednego. These guys were going through a hard, hurtful time. They're being told to ignore their God, to forget their families, to reject all that they know was true, to walk in darkness, and to embrace it. You're going to be tempted to do that every day of your life on this side of heaven. There's going to be times when the hurt is going to be so, so hard, it's going to feel like you can't hardly even breathe. God is here. He will never abandon you. Listen, do you have a plan for your dark day? Do you know what to do when you feel like you can't go another step? Let me tell you what I do. If you don't have a plan, let me tell you what I do. I pray Psalm twenty three. I pray and I say, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. Him. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters." And I, I just pray through that whole psalm, and I say, "And I say to the Lord, Lord, I know what this world is. I know I got to walk through the valley of the shadow of death this weekend. I know I got to, I got to go. But here's the good news, and what we're about to experience in just a minute is that He prepares a table." Before he prepare, prepares the table for before, before us, before our enemies, and in, the, in, in, the, in front of all the enemies of God, we're going to get before the Lord and receive the Lord's supper in just a moment, and be reminded we have not been forgotten. We are dearly loved, redeemed saints, and children of the living God. We got to pray through that. See. Daniel knew to do that, and here's why. Because he was he was taught as a young person to do that. He had a godly heritage, and he was equipped as a, as a disciple. Friends, look in your bulletin real quick. There's two things I want to show you there. One is a, a listing of the equipped classes that we're going to offer. Some of you have been in the same place spiritually for too long. It's time for you to begin to get trained in what God has next for you. And You need to start stepping out, and you got to take seriously your need to be discipled. Some of you are parents. We have a parent conference coming up. It's right here. I mean, It's right there. Listen, we need to be trained. We need to learn how to train our children so that as they go into this dark world, as Daniel and his friends did, they would know God. They will know God. And they will be able to stand. Daniel, he he had an authentic faith. He was trained by his parents. And look what he had. He had a community of believers around him. He had encouragement. He had accountability. You know what every Christian needs? Every one of us, we need an authentic faith that frees us up to say, God, I'm hurting, or I'm scared, or I'm confused, or I'm so stinking happy I can't hardly stand it. I don't want to annoy anybody, but my goodness, this is great. You know, you, Authentic, you can just be where you are and be glad where you are and, and trust God where you are. You've got to be trained. You've got to be equipped we got to train our children. Boys and girls, you've got to come to know Jesus more and more. Every single year, you got to know Jesus more and more. And you do that through Sunday school. But also, when mom and dad are trying to teach you the Bible at home, pay attention. Don't make that difficult. You need to be ready because you're, you're in a dark world, and you need the, the help of God's Word and His good truth. And you need one another. We need brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is what Daniel had as he Praying, he's just not praying something generic. He's praying specifically because he knew the Word of God, and, and he was able to stand and stand in a wise way. Write it down. In Christ, we can hurt and pray. We can pray for divine wisdom. You think about what he did there in verse eight. He resolved that he wouldn't defile himself, and so he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. That that was wisdom. That was wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to do the right thing the right way. Wisdom is not just knowledge. Wisdom is just not knowing a bunch of facts. Wisdom is, is knowing the right thing, but how to do it the right way. i tell you what my challenge has often been. How do you do it the right way? Many times I'll know because I've got elders and friends and pastors and, and godly men around me that will help me. And will say, this is the right way. Okay, well, how do we do that? What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know the wise path? You pray. James chapter one, verse three says it very simply. If you need wisdom, ask. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. I have no doubt in my mind that Daniel made this a point of prayer. Daniel was known to pray three times a day. That's what got him arrested. We saw that last week. It's not a doubt in my mind that Daniel prayed specifically that God would give him wisdom. There is no sense here that he was rude or condescending or mean-spirited or, and did not come as a victim. He came humbly and confidently in the hope of the good news of God. And he made a commitment. And he sought God's favor. And he did it the right way. He prayed for wisdom. Third thing to notice, in Christ we can hurt and pray in divine provision. Daniel, Daniel saw the provision of God. And we need to be praying in provision. Now, how do you do that? Well, you have to be willing to trust God in what you're going through. There's nothing wrong with this. Hear me now. Don't hear me being critical of this. But don't just do this. It is fine and good to ask God, to change your circumstances or to get you out of those circumstances. That's fine and good. But if he says no, and my experience is, many times he does say no, we have to learn to pray through our circumstance. We have to pray in God's provision and trust His provision. To do that, you have to pray specifically. Generic prayers won't do. If you're in in a tough situation and God's not going to take you out of that, stop. You know, don't stop. You can, you're welcome to pray every day, God, get me out of this. But as long as you are in it, you need to be able to pray specifically for God's provision and know that God has for you all that you need. Look at this promise in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Everything that ha- heaven has to give, you have it, and it's all you need. So no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what you're facing, no matter what trial or challenge is right there in you, listen. As a disciple of Jesus, it's all right there. But you know what? You got to ask specifically for God to show up. Daniel, he didn't just say, "Oh, God." Look. There was there was specific ways because there was a specific answer. See, they were given compassion. Look at verses nine through fourteen. Look at how look at how that unit provide was showed them compassion showed them a grace and, and 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 really put his own neck put his own job on the line and, and notice the health that they were given in verses 15 and 16 look at how they were so much healthier than all the other kids I mean this this was not just slight this was significant see what Daniel and his friends were able to do is they were able to pray specifically and then point to specifics of how God provided Listen, if if you can't pray specifically, you're never going to be able to praise specifically. How can you know if God is providing if you don't ask specifically for God to provide? So it's in this provision, in this circumstance, when you're there, ask God. Sometimes you say, I don't know what to ask. Ask a friend what you should ask. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you should ask. He many times will guide you to a a, a section of Scripture. Daniel was a man of prayer. He was living in tough times. He he was trusting God. He was trusting in His provision. And you know what he got? He got God's divine blessing in a way that he could have never imagined. Look at this. In Christ, we can hurt and pray with divine blessing. The the first two things you're going to say, yeah, yeah, I understood that. The third one, when I saw it, I'm just going to tell you, it blew my mind. And if you do not believe in the in the inspiration, the, the divine nature of God's Word, it's going to be very hard for you to, to wrap your mind around it, this third thing. But let me tell you about the first two things. First of all, Daniel was blessed to understand visions and dreams. Look in verse 17. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Why was that significant? Because, as we'll see next week in chapter 2, he needed that ability, or he was going to die. So many times when you're going through a difficult circumstance, as you are praying specifically for God's blessing, it will come, and sometimes there's a blessing that comes and you think, well, great, but what's this going to help today? It may be something that you're needing for tomorrow. So you've got to be praying and looking, and as God blesses you with with, with his provision, his purpose, be ready. If it's not applicable today, it's coming for tomorrow. He needed this. Look look also at, at the way they were able to thrive in their responsibilities, verses 18 through 20. At the end of that time, when the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king spoke with them. And among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Meshach, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Now, I'm going to come back to that second that, that verse 21, but I want you to notice God blessed Daniel to be a great leader. He blessed the other three to to be able to trust God. And we'll see how that came into play for them in chapter 3. We saw in chapter 6 last week it was because Daniel was blessed that God put him in a dangerous position so that God could fulfill his purpose. But what I want you to see in verse 21 absolutely rocked my world. Daniel was blessed with something that he, maybe I don't know. I want you to see this. Look at verse 21. Daniel was blessed to live to see the first year of King Cyrus. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Why is that significant? Well, understand in Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, he was at that time studying the prophet Jeremiah. And he came to understand that the time of the exile in the first year of Cyrus was now over. Now it was time, God had promised, that that there would be a particular, that he would then call his people back. And so I can just imagine Daniel, in the last year of his life, is serving the kingdom of Babylon, and he hears there's a new king named Cyrus. I imagine he laughed his head off, and here's why. Because he knew something that, that only someone who knew the Bible could know. I imagine when he heard the new king's name was Cyrus, that so he, in his old age, had a. I just imagine he's got a young, uh, you know, apprentice or intern, and, and he said, "Boy, go get the prophet. I- go get the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Go get it right now." And I imagine that kid panicked, running, because he's never heard him yell like this, and he brings it out, and he said, "Boy, turn that scroll to the middle." And I can imagine them searching it, and I imagine a big smile on his face when he came to Isaiah 44. Verse 28, written 150 years before that day. At least, maybe more. 150 years before the, the year of King Cyrus. We read in Isaiah forty-four twenty-eight, Who says of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and he shall fulfill all my purpose, saying of Jerusalem, She shall be built, and of the temple your foundation shall be laid. Daniel's reading Jeremiah. He knows it's time. So you go to Ezra. You go to Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1. In the first year of King Cyrus, king of Persia. When did they? What was the last year of Daniel's life? When was that again? Verse 21. What was it? The first year again. In the first year of King Cyrus. That the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah... What was it said he was reading in Daniel chapter 9, verse... 18. That's right. He was reading Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of who? Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may, may, may God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. What's going on here? Daniel had no clue, that God put him where He wanted him to bring a blessing that would bring about God's eternal purpose that He promised 150 years before the day came to be. Friends, I don't know why you're going through what you're going through, but here's what I can promise you. God has a plan for it. You may not understand it right now. Listen. You may not understand until you get face-to-face with Jesus in heaven, and you may say, Lord, what was up with 2017? Lord, what was up with 2007 through 2017? Lord, what was up with my whole life? And he will show you that he had a plan for everything you've gone through. Now, here's my question to you. Will you trust Him? See, a person that trusts God prays. A person who trusts God says, I can't depend on myself. I trust in God. I need God's plan. I need God's power. I need God to show up. The disciple of Jesus cannot live without prayer. It is the area he or she breathes. And so I'm wondering this morning, what do you need from God? What are you going through? Can you trust Him in it? I know you're hurting. Can you trust Him? Will you ask Him to provide for you? Will you look to Him in faith? We're about to receive the Lord's Supper. And before we do that, I think it's, it's very crucial. It's always very important that we be ready to receive it rightly. And so here's what I want to invite you to do. We're going to sing. You're, going to, you're welcome to come here to the front and pray. Some of you need to pray to receive Christ. Some of you need to pray about an attitude or an action. Some of you need to pray about the fact that you've not been praying. And you need to commit yourself to prayer. Others of you, you have something specific that you are wanting and believing that God wants and needs to do. Before we receive the Lord's Supper, before we move on to that point of celebration, act in obedience now. And ask God to do what only He can do and trust him. Let's stand together we Christ. Lord God, you are worthy of our faith. you are worthy of our trust. you are worthy for us to kneel before and seek the benefit and blessing of you are you are so great, you are so marvelous, you're so wonderful. I'm so glad that we can admit that we are hurting and broken within that we can we can we can hear you calling us to come to you, to come to your altar and and receive grace and be saved and be forgiven and get a new life. To receive your your forgiveness that as we commit ourselves to faithfulness, to receive the prayers that we're going to submit to you out of faith, believing in your provision and purpose. So God, would you now as we prepare to receive the Lord's Supper right now, allow us to come to you and make sure that we're walking right, that we have done all that You called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Come and pray as we sing together.